0: Since the time I was able to talk, I've been able to hold a conversation. Since my mouth opened, it has rarely shut, and along the course of growing up, it landed me into some situations that were less than desirable. Later in life, I would find myself speaking to hundreds around the country, and in between those two times came a plethora of experiences that I'm excited to share with you. This is my gift of gab. I just want you to be pumped about being alive and being yourself. Shake people if I have to. You always do what you've always done. You always get what you've always got. Time to change the pattern. Hello and welcome to The Gift of Gab, I'm Gabe Bryan, your host, and this is just a podcast where I go off and rant on whatever comes to mind. Um, I will try to stay a little bit focused, I want to speak mostly about um, self-care and self-improvement. The last couple of years have been really crazy with me, uh, ups and downs, and... Uh, have led me on quite a mental health journey but it's brought me to a point where the information and the uh, support that i have gotten has led me to where i just want to share all of the information that i can with anybody that is willing to listen or that needs to listen um i've been meaning to do something like this for a while now uh but i've been kind of a perfectionist about it, uh, I had a bunch of excuses as to why not, um, and I feel like a, a lot of that was just procrastination, um, and if I had a good excuse for it, you know, I could just, like, sweep it under the rug, um, but then I was just waking up and checking my Instagram stories, and I saw this from Jeffree Star, There's a lot of people out there that may need to hear something. And today is going to be one of those days because we all have seven days out of this week, right? I need need a lot of y'all to wake the fuck up today. If you really need to go accomplish something that you've been putting off but you know is necessary, girl, today or this week is the time to do it, get it out of the way, accomplish some of your goals that you've been putting off and just fucking do it, okay? I think a lot of the times we all get into a pattern, we get complacent, and we just are living our lives, right? We all have our own worries and we all have our own needs. But sometimes it's nice for a little awakening and it's time to get the fuck off our asses, go do what we have to do, and get to work, okay? And whatever that means to you, take that and put it into your own day and go do something that you know you really need to get done, okay? And so I was like shit, well, I guess the time is now, um, I've been thinking a lot lately just about how much has changed in my life, and how quickly things have changed, and maybe that's somewhere that you're at as well, um, that it just seems like you just gotta get better at juggling, because life doesn't stop throwing balls at you, um, recently I've struggled just with, I was in a band called The Plot Twist, and we broke up, and subsequently that, uh, led to, uh, loss of a bunch of people that I considered close friends, um, but before that, you know, different changes, I've struggled with my faith, I was raised in a Christian home, um, and didn't really question a whole lot of my beliefs until after high school, and, um, so that has led to a lot of changes in my life, and even, like, before that, even small things that might seem insignificant, um, Before I got into makeup and whatnot, I was a musician. But before that, I wanted to be an actor. Um, And even those things that might just be considered hobbies at first have a way of completely affecting the course of your life. Um, So to get into that, just a little bit of backstory. Um, As a kid, I was very energetic very creative, um, I was pretty capable, my mom says I could hold a conversation with an adult when I was like three years old, um, and that's where the name of the podcast came from, The Gift of Gab, because ever since, I just haven't shut up, um, but, you know, my childhood wasn't perfect, there were troubles at home, um, with my mom, and, uh, her previous marriage, and even though as a, as a small kid, it didn't cause me to blame myself, um, because of the way that I interacted with my, my dad at the time, it just led me to believe that, like, if I could be somebody else for just, even just a moment, I could fix everything, and that's where being an actor, like, that's where that started, just falling in love with the idea that even for a brief moment in time, we could be somebody else. But, uh, shortly after I was in uh, Inherit the Wind, um, in our local production, I, uh, played Howard, one of the kids, I did a vacation Bible school, and this was the first time that I had ever sung in front of anybody, they, like, basically forced us to do solos, and even though I wasn't comfortable with it, um, the, one of the counselors, um, talked me through it, and really built me up, and I remember singing that song and just thinking, this is what I want to do for, like, the rest of my life. Um, But really, anything, uh, anything that I could direct the attention, because it was, like, a coping mechanism for things that I didn't want to deal with. If I could redirect your attention for a second, if I could just make you laugh about something or whatever... Then, just for a brief moment in time, everything would be okay. Um, and part of that I just you know in in elementary school, there was this puppet group that came to our school, and I just became enamored with it. They did black light and it was super sick and it was during this time in my life that I started to forge my first friendships um in that puppet group that I really don't want to talk about right now. Uh just so weird fucking part of my life that is just like i don't know but um i met a family called the giantis and their uh kid jimmy and michael uh too but especially jimmy um became a close friend he would eventually help me start my first band called furthermore um rest in peace and he's It's weird because, like, looking back on all of these friendships, even though they... It's not that they seemed insignificant at the time, but looking back, they hold much more weight. Because you, you may have heard the phrase, you are who you surround yourself with. And I found that to be true a lot. And looking back, you can see where the people that you have had as your close friends in your life have actually become role models for you in a way. Um, So I was doing this puppet group, and I started going to youth group at the the church that we went to. Um, And I met a lot of, it's weird, I told you like, I could hold a conversation with an adult adult at a pretty young age, and um, being kind of weird and whatnot led me to not have very many close friends, um, my age growing up, so I became friends with all of the staff at this church, um, it was crazy, um, just how weird and, but natural everything was, I would just show up at the church randomly on days in the summer and talk to the staff, help them do stuff, um, we even, rec- we recorded a video called The Church Office, it was a parody of the office, it was pretty funny, I will put a link in the description box, Um, you should check it out, but um, Matt Johnson was my youth group leader, and he really saw potential in me at a young age, or at least I felt he did, and and kind of nurtured me into um, leadership in the church, and that really validated, uh, for me, a lot of the gifts and abilities That I thought I had. You know. We have those things that we're like. I'm pretty sure I'm really good at this. But like we're also super nervous about it. So we don't want to do it in front of anybody else. So we're we're forever not wondering. Like we have confidence. But not enough confidence to be public about it. But when you get that validation from an outside source. It kind of just reinforces. um, That makes it stronger. And Sherry Osborne. She was the worship leader at the time. She became like a second mother to me. Um, Sherry Carbaugh. I remember, it's weird, from breakfast to business, um, we used to go to breakfast, I would get dropped off ungodly early, um, in, in town, because I lived out of town at the time, and this was in high school, and I would go to a restaurant in town called Missy's Arcade, and I would wait there for like two hours, I got dropped off at like five in the morning, and, um, Sherry the secretary at the church would come and we'd have breakfast there and we'd talk for hours. She's the, um, co-founding member of the Northwestern Pennsylvanians for the protection of preservation of whistle pigs of North America that we started, which is basically just us getting together on, um, Groundhog Day to eat Chinese food. But just from there. And then she, she was just such a supportive friend and, um, mentor, um to me and when I started getting into web design and whatnot, she was like one of the first people that I had built a website for and I feel like we kind of like watered each other in that respect because she had wanted to get into photography and, you know, she was good at it. And I wasn't afraid to tell her. She was just really good at it. Um, but she told me something that has really stuck with me through the years. Um I would always have all these ideas and I would just like, you know, word vomit them all over her. And she uh, said to me one time, cause I was feeling like she wasn't really, you know, considering these ideas that I had. And she said, whatever is started must be maintained. Whatever is started must be maintained. And that really stuck with me because consistency is so important. We are, nothing but a conglomeration of the decisions that we've made and the things that we do on a consistent basis. So the things that we do consistently become a part of who we are. Um, and then the the pastor of the church, um, Tim Maybray, I was, you know, I wasn't completely out of the closet in high school, and I uh, had some close friendships with some straight dudes, and it was... I don't know, it was just weird and messy and, like, not anything that people thought it was. But one person in particular, their mother, freaked out um, because, like, we had passed notes to each other in class and, like, she found them or whatever. And she took them to the pastor and was like, you need to do something about this. He can't be working with the youth group, blah, 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 blah. And I wasn't there for it, but... I remember hearing somebody tell me about it, and he said, Pastor Tim just pushed the notes off the desk into the trash can. He said, I don't need to read those to know the type of person he is. And just that sense of believing or belonging or just being known um, was very validating. Uh I mentioned that I had started that band called furthermore. When we broke up, I did a solo acoustic tour and became friend, closer friends with uh, somebody I'd known Jeff Sanders and just seeing his worth work ethic. And also his unwavering belief in himself was very inspirational just because I feel like a lot of times we get so caught up in our head and, you know, like I was saying, like a lot, a lot of, what has stopped me from posting this or doing this up until now has just been the idea that I want it to be perfect and getting nitpicky with it. Um, and sometimes I feel like that hampers, uh, what we do and what we're putting out and what we're creating. But also, um, Joe Davis was on that tour and just dude's ability to speak wisdom at a drop of a hat is fucking uncanny. I really want him to be on this podcast. Maybe he'll do an episode here soon, but, um, he's a, he's an amazing dude, but another thing that I learned from him just with living in a car with him for 30 days, um, was the ability to be patient or the importance of the ability to be patient, something that I still struggle with, but you know, like what's your rush, you know? So you're not where you thought you would be in five years. Like, you've still got time. And really, an argument can be made that the only moment that we really have control over is now. So instead of focusing on what you haven't done, why don't you focus on what needs to be done so that in five years from now you're not looking back in the same position that you you were now. You know? But um, after I came back from that tour uh we i started a band called the plot twist with some of my buddies and it like i was a uh, considerable age older than them um when we started i think i was like 23 and they were like 17 18 years old and people would ask me <laughs> or people wouldn't ask me i just felt the need to explain myself sometimes when people would find that out and i would always say, you know, you may have heard this quote before, too. I'm not sure who said it, but the only people who change the world are those crazy enough to believe that they can. And I think that there's a lot of truth in that. And when I was doing music, it was balls to the wall. Like, I wanted to do music. I wanted that to be my job. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And if you want to get to a point like that, you have to treat it like, like if you want it to be your job, you have to treat it like it's already your job. And the only people that are willing to do that are young people that aren't set on their five-year plan and what they're doing, you know, like building a family or whatnot. Not to say that those things aren't important, but it, it all comes down to where your passion is or where your heart is. And I'm not saying that one way is better than the other, we're all different, we all have different routes, but that was just the way that it happened, but, like, the thing is, is, like, that, hanging out with people that were, like, a little bit younger than me, also mixed with the fact that I was questioning the beliefs that I had been raised with, um, kind of created this, like, second high school experience type vibe. Um, because I would missed out on a lot of, like, the partying and stuff of high school because I was doing stuff with the church and whatnot. And at the time, and, and still now, I don't feel like I missed anything in high school, really. But it was just, like, a different aspect of the immaturity, I guess, of that time period playing itself out at a later time in my life. Um, it was, like, during this time I started really using different drugs, mostly for the expansion of my creativity, um, psychedelics and, and whatnot, um, and then, you know, I was putting all of my energy and, and time into the church, and when I started questioning my beliefs, I kind of drifted from that, so the energy had to go to somewhere, and, you know, I'm now feeling comfortable with who I am, so I started talking to a bunch of dudes, and I'm not going to get into that, but, The reason that I bring it up is because with all of my energy there, I uh, started to drop the ball in other areas of my life. I'm a big fan of what I call self-manipulation. Like, for example, I know that I have a habit of turning the alarm off and going back to sleep. So, I have to put, like, my phone on the other side of the room, turned on loud. So, that way, in order to turn it off, I have to, like, physically get up out of bed. Otherwise, I'll just turn it off and go back to sleep. So, in that way, I manipulate myself because I know who I am as a person. In the same way, at this time, I developed this habit where I wouldn't want to do stuff, but, like, I would make sure that it got done when it needed to, so i would make these deadlines and then i would procrastinate till the last moment and then it just resulted in work that wasn't up to the standard of excellence that i had for myself um but i heard a good quote during this time of my life from al city he said a good song is never finished it's only abandoned and i think that that speaks volumes here because it's it's a balance between those two things My habit of procrastinating and making these deadlines and whatnot was horrible. I mean, I booked the Plot Twists um, CD release show without having the CDs yet. (laughs) And they got delivered the day of the show. But could you imagine if something had gone wrong with shipping? And you have a CD release show and there aren't any CDs there? Just... A lot of risk. But, anyway, back to the story. During this time, I'm hanging out with these dudes, looking for love in all the wrong places, and in the process of it, I lost myself. I became so wrapped up in other people and who they thought I was and what their opinion of me was that I lost who I was. I remember after I broke it off with um, one of them, I went through a... Bout of depression that was stronger than I had experienced before and um, My friend Tyler had told me he's like, dude, you're not the same person that you were like You're you're different now and I thought about it and there were just so many things that I had Letting I let fall out of my life Because they just weren't important to me at that moment and it was because I was living for somebody else, not myself. And that kind of began the downward spiral of my life over the past couple of years. Um, I went from, like, the one of the biggest contributors in the band, um, creatively and whatnot, to, like, the lowest contributor when it came to finances and whatnot. Um, and... I was very blind to it when it was all happening, and out of the blue, wake up one morning, getting all of these Facebook notifications, and I see that our drummer had just posted a status that he was done with the band, and wished us well. And that was the first time we even heard that he was even considering leaving. Um, and this is somebody that was very close to me. I mean, I knew Mitch for a long time. Uh, I met him during the years of Furthermore, Um, and we were together for like four years, five years. Then we broke up and the plot twist was together for four years. So I've known Mitch close to a decade, and I messaged him about it. (coughs) It took me a while to even get a a direct answer, Um, but he sent me a message, and he said that he saw his life becoming more and more like mine. And it scared the shit out of him, and he didn't want that to happen, so he had to distance himself. And that... I wish I could say that it hit hard in the way that, like, I actually thought about it and considered what that meant for my life, but instead I just kind of was, you know, wrote it off and was pissed about it. Um, But the band kept on for a brief moment, and Buster and I were the only two original members left at that point, and... We were in the process of finding a new bass player, but we, we wanted to have a last show to kind of close that chapter of our life, and, um, during the process of preparing for that show, Buster just quit and, like, cut himself out of my life, and that, that hit me hard, um people just started dropping like flies. And it's it's so funny how, in hindsight, after some time passes, you can look back and you can pinpoint exactly what's happening, but at the time, you're so blind to it because of emotion. Um, one of the best pieces of advice that I ever received was never have an immediate reaction to anything. Because... <laughs> We, we get so emotionally involved without seeing all the angles. You know, perspective is not reality. When you change the way that you look at things, the things you look at change. So it's important to get all aspects or all viewpoints of things, especially when it comes to big decisions, before you react to it. But anyway, so through the time of the plot twist, um, Buster's parents had become like surrogate family to all of us really um we call his dad gtb guitar tech bill he was he's amazing like with guitars like i i'll link some of his stuff below um in the description box he is crazy i remember we played stage A and the back of the bass fell out and he fixed it with a walmart bag and duct tape and it played and dude it was sick it was punk as fuck too um, but Buster's mom, Vera, we uh affectionately called her mama v because she was she was just like that mother figure and i I really admire their relationship as a couple too it's uh an interesting story that's very inspirational um I want to have them you know talk about it on here at some point, so stay tuned for that but so during this time of my life, I had you know fallen into drug use i was um, going through a lot with just ups and downs of uh, things happening in my life, and so I moved back to my hometown of Titusville. and was just kind of, like, trying to detox. Um, I, uh, not just detox from drugs necessarily. I'm a firm believer that the difference between medicine and poison is just dosage, um, but not to say that I am condoning drug use or promoting it or anything like that. Um, but just to like get out of the toxic environment that I was living in, um, I started going to a counseling, um, but I started to exhibit some mental health issues that weren't there before that I had really struggled with. And it led me, um, to being arrested, um, for, Things I never thought I'd do. And maybe we'll get into that in another episode. But it was kind of like really rock bottom for me. Um, it was a situation where I couldn't really talk to my uh, my own family. And uh, Mama V was there. And she met me where I was at. and uh, Didn't make me feel stupid for the decisions I had made. Um, but I remember in the process of talking about this particular thing. You know, she brought up that she had seen signs of stuff um, during the years of the plot twist that had worried her, and she said that she was really afraid that we would make it somewhere, and that I would ruin it, because I wasn't taking care of my mental health. And that really hit me hard. I mean, I've struggled with mental health my entire life. Um, I was diagnosed with ADHD at a young age, and, um, when furthermore my first band broke up, I had started going through depression that just escalated with the drug use, um, anxiety, you know, mood swings and whatnot. Um, and then of course, separating from that toxic environment kind of affected the depression just because of a few different things. Um, like it was very hard to convince my, my family that I wasn't a drug addict, uh, when I first came back. Not, I mean, I don't know what your definition of a drug addict is, but I would say that it is... A person who is unable to prioritize their, um, like, the real priorities over their habitual use of drugs, um, but that's not me, so I wouldn't really consider myself a quote-unquote drug addict, uh, but I use drugs from time to time. Again, not condoning or promoting that. Um, but then a lack of transportation, and I lived far away from the community of friends that I had... Um, been nurturing for the past few years. And so (sighs) my outbursts had become like less frequent, but more intense and just was time to deal with it. You know, I found that if you don't deal with your problems, your problems will deal with you. And so it's kind of all led to this. Um, You know, I had some issues with people that I had worked with when I was, um, in the church. And that led to a hardening of my heart when it comes to faith and spirituality, um, which was irrational and dumb, but the truth nonetheless. Um, but in looking for other answers, um, I kind of found acceptance in the makeup community. Uh, I had always watched Jeffrey Starr's videos with my friend Zoe, um, who lived in the same apartment complex that I did at the time. And it kind of also rebirthed my desire to be someone else for just a moment. You know, put on a face of makeup and um, particularly like drag makeup. You know, you can just be somebody else for a moment or even just perfect the imperfections that you see about yourself. and, And where I think that that's okay in the form of boosting your confidence, sometimes it can be like spraying perfume on a casket. And while the corpse is rotting beneath, it just looks okay on the outside. And I think that's a good metaphor for a lot of the ways that we live our lives or can be prone to live our lives. That was the case for me when I started dealing with all of the depression and not feeling good enough in the eyes of the person that I was, like, living for at that time. Uh, It just made me believe that I wasn't, you know, worth it or, you know, it was just I didn't. I wasn't worth care, so I stopped taking care of myself, and I remember, like, locking myself in my room for three days, um, but even after that, just poor personal hygiene, and now I've got teeth, it's like, maybe he's born with it, maybe it's methamphetamine, um, I don't know, (laughs) disclaimer, it wasn't meth, I've tried meth, but that's not the reason my teeth are all fucked up, it's just because I'm, I was a lazy piece of shit for a couple of years, um, but thinking back when I was, you know, with the Christian band and traveling and speaking to youth and whatnot, there was a message that I would give, um, in different places. And it, I used an analogy i I heard from Christine Kane at a passion conference. It talks about selfie culture. And we're in this, we're this era where we take a picture, we point, click, upload it, and instantaneously, people are seeing moments of rawness in our life, despite maybe, a you know, a filter or two to make us look our best. Um, but before that, we had 8mm film, you know? Um, and you had to go into a dark room, take the film out, and put it through a different series of um solutions to bring the image out of the film and to print it onto the paper and that's where we need to get back to in the way that we live our lives not everything that we do needs to be seen and i think that part of the reason that we experience depression and anxiety on a level that other generations haven't before us is because we are constantly Feeling like we're being monitored, even when we're not. Like, people know our issues, even when they don't. Because of this culture that promotes us just sharing all of these things openly with the world at any given moment. But if we get back to this area, you know, like, if I'm having a hard day, I don't need to post a Facebook status and get people to make me feel better. I need to deal with the issue of what's making me sad and why it's making me sad. Otherwise, it's going to keep making me sad. And I don't need to update everybody about that every second of the way. You know, um, I've kind of, like, always lived my life publicly. Um, from the time I was doing church leadership to, you know, just being in bands, my life has been online and in the public eye, and it's kind of led me to this subconscious belief that, like, if it looks okay, it's okay. Um... Which obviously isn't true. Um, but the, the prejudice I had against religion and the demise of my personal life led me to throwing myself even more into that partier, entertainer type personality in hopes of holding things together. Like, if I can just make everybody laugh, if we can just keep the party going, people won't realize that everything's falling apart. Um... Like I said before, if you don't take care of your problems, they will take care of you. I heard a quote recently by Jordan Peterson. um, And this is kind of in regards to just losing a lot of friends recently. He said, If you have to fight a dragon, it's better to find it in its lair before it finds you in your village. Um, And that manifested itself in my life just very strongly in the way that... I didn't deal with the issues that I had going on, even when they were more apparent at times than others, um, and those things grew inside of me to the point where I began pushing people away, or making people resent me, or becoming a different person entirely, and not even realizing it. Um, but recently it's led me to that realization that all this has happened because of me. Um, not as, like, the center of attention, but just because of the decisions that I have made. I made choices that led me to where I am right now, and it's been because I wasn't intentional about different things like self-care, um, not just on the physical level of teeth, but even to just the thoughts that I would think and the things that I would feel and whatnot. But here's the thing that we need to remember. The same water that... Makes a potato soft, makes an egg hard. It's not about what you're going through, it's about what you're made of. And sometimes, yes, we can doubt ourselves and not feel like we are worthy or able to rise to the potential that other people see it in, in us, but I also believe that we are who we surround ourselves with. So if you're constantly around negative people, of course you're going to start looking at your life negatively. You're going to start analyzing things with a glass-half-empty mentality. And that's going to affect the way that you live and do what you do. Um, And so that's kind of the reason that I'm starting this podcast and and this this whole brand, I guess, um, is because I want to nurture beauty from the inside out. I think that um, confidence is kind of like a flame inside of us, and fire burns upward and outward. If you light a candle and shit hits it, it's gonna go up and out, and that's how like whole houses become engulfed and so that's kind of what I'm hoping is that by diving into different topics and the experiences that I've had in my life and the lives of other people that I'll have on here, um, that a spark will be ignited. And that, that fire will rage in you so that when you feel good and you look good, you'll just feel good. Everything will be good. <laughs> um, it's funny cause, uh, my social media handle is gay Brian, the guru, because, uh, originally I just wanted to focus like being a beauty guru, <laughs> which now has like a more of a negative connotation, but really the definition is just someone who teaches, And that's really what I'm hoping, uh, because I've enjoyed learning a lot of things over the past few years, maybe not so much at the time, but now looking back, um, and I just want to pass that knowledge along in hopes that it will positively affect people listening. Um, But I also am doing it because I want to live a little bit more publicly again, not because of the attention necessarily, although, I mean, we're all human, we like attention, um, but because of personal accountability. Um, One of the things that brought me to the realization that I needed to make a change was a bunch of people constantly calling me an asshole on Facebook. Um, And so I'm hoping that when people hear me talk about things like this in a positive manner, that they will be more inclined to let me know when there are negative aspects of my personality making their head, so that I can do stuff about those to make a better change. Um, All of these people that I've talked about and, and there are people that I've failed to mention I know um, Have led me to this belief That it's important to strive For perfection uh, Even if you look back It's funny to see What was impossible at times I mean we fly around the world In metal tubes now um, And that hasn't been happening All that long Uh, It's humanity's nature to overcome odds. But in reference to perfection, what's more important than reaching or striving for perfection is how we handle ourselves and others when we miss that mark, when we fail to be perfect. Do we beat ourselves up about it and allow it to get us into our head so that we... Stop doing what we do When we start losing who we are Does it make us more critical Of people I'm hoping that Instead of Negative reactions We can Start positively reacting And even more importantly Becoming an acting force in our life Rather than a reacting Force in our life Because it's not about being perfect. It's about being human. We're all here for the same experience. And it's so important for us to grow. And become a better version of ourselves. Until the day that we die. So now that we are here. At the topic of death. I think that's a good place to wrap it up. (laughs) Um. I am going to be posting new episodes of the podcast every Tuesday and Thursday. You can listen to it wherever you feel comfortable. I'll have links on all my social media, but, um, Apple, Spotify, um, other podcast distributors will all have it this Thursday in just two days, um, will be the first part of our End of Thrones series with Mama V. She is a crazy Game of Thrones fan. I cannot wait to pick her brain about the episodes that have already happened and what the theories are for how this is all going to end. So you're not going to want to miss that. Um, my first YouTube video ever goes up tomorrow and I would be enamored if you would check it out. Um, I'm just doing a little get ready with me, but I'm doing 21 questions. So we can get to know each other a little bit better. And also in honor of my friend Nate's 21st birthday. Um, so check that out. I'm going to be posting videos every Wednesday and Saturday. If you want to connect with me. Be friends. Or you know. Not friends. And just like each other's pictures and shit. Whatever. Um, that's cool too I guess. But I'd like to be your friend. So check me out on social media. It's at Gay Brian the Guru on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. And until next time, stay inspired, and I hope you find what you're looking for. Oh my gosh, you made it to the end! Way to go! I knew you could do it. Thanks for checking out the Gift of Gab podcast. New episodes are every Tuesday and Thursday. And if you want more Gabe Brian content, check me out on YouTube on Wednesdays and Saturdays. If you'd like to follow me on my journey, let's connect on social media. My username is at Gabe Ryan the Guru on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat.